Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Pastor James Vivian. Tonight, he's going to tell us how to walk in signs and wonders. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you very much, Dorothy. I'm glad to always hear you when I, when I talk to you. This has been a wonderful, wonderful life. You hear, I didn't say wonderful day. I said wonderful life because I look back. I was talking to a friend of mine a few minutes earlier. He was here. Me and him have been friends for over 65 years. A lot of people haven't even made it 65. But 65 years, and I'm getting ready to turn 70. And, you know, that's part of the Bible. Talking about three scores and 10, and 10 more with strength, 80. So I'm just starting to hit my stride. But the things I want to talk to you today about is Jesus and about signs and how to walk in signs and wonders. A lot of people say, well, is there a formula to do all this? No, there's no formula to do this. The thing is, is understanding what does the Bible say versus what it doesn't say versus what people have the interpretation of saying. Because the Bible needs no private interpretation. It interprets itself. And a lot of times people just don't even read the Bible. They'll read a few scriptures, and they base their life upon those few scriptures. And they say, well, the Lord says that if I call on the name of the Lord, I shall be saved. And they don't read the rest where it says there'll be many in that last day who will come up to me and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not did marvelous works in your name? And he'll tell them, I never knew you. Well, how can you do marvelous works in Jesus' name and Jesus never knew you? That's because the word name means authority. Now, you can claim authority, and the devil's going to respect the authority of the word. So if you use the word correctly and say, well, uh, I, want, I want to see signs and wonders, and you pray that, well, God's spirit can, can and I ain't going to say he always do, but he can give you grace to move in those gifts. That's why you hear a lot of preachers uh, falling off by the wayside into fornication, adultery, homosexuality, and stuff. And they say, well, how is that happening if he's walking with the Lord? Well, the gifts and calling are without repentance. But for a person to have uh, to know the Lord, he has to be anointed to know the Lord. Now, what do I mean by anointed to know the Lord? First of all, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come up on a person, and that's how they would receive knowledge or what to say. And these these will be signs and wonders, like Elijah. He said, uh, if I uh, call down fire from the sky, and it destroyed those 50 men, he called it down again, and it destroyed 50. He took his uh, mantle when he got ready to cross over Jordan, hit the water, and the waters uh, parted for him. And then when Elijah is... Uh, one who was following after and came back, he said, where is the God of Elijah? And hit the water, and the water split. But it's all about the anointing. There's more than one anointing. There's one anointing that you get when you first get born again so that your heart will start to love the Lord. To give you an example, for myself, when I first got born again, I was inside of a church, and all of a sudden the Lord started speaking to me. And how did I know it was him? I started, first thing I wanted to do was repent of all the bad things I did, and all I did was kept on crying and crying. And the preacher there thought he was preaching up a sermon 
and I was crying over what he was preaching. I ain't heard anything that preacher was saying. I was hearing what the Lord told me about the things that I needed to change in my life and that uh, he wanted me to, to work for him. And I had already said when I was younger, which I forgot all about it, I wanted to be a servant to the Lord. Well, he doesn't forget. So here's the first anointing coming up on my heart. I started loving the Lord. And so that's what made me cry out and repent. And anybody who said they've been born again, this is how you get it. You know, they always say, do you feel anything? Well, I said it. Does that mean anything? Listen, you can say, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm saved, and it doesn't make you saved. Saved is when it's a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't know who's born again or not. We can't say, well, this one's born again and that one's born again, not born again, because it's like the wind. The wind blows whatever way it wants to blow, and nobody knows where it starts at or where it ends. So the same thing when people are born again. But let's learn how to walk in, the, in signs and wonders. So let's turn to Mark today. Mark the first chapter and the first verse. Mark 1 and 1. Because we, this is the time that God is already pouring out his spirit. He's already telling all the prophecies and the prophecies, the prophets and the prophecies that uh, he's moving in another uh, fashion right now. You're going to see signs and wonders working in the church because we got people like myself who are telling you, hey, this is the time. God wants to prove himself. He wants to save people because the world belongs to Satan. If you read your scriptures, you'll find out he's the prince of the air. He's also the god of this world. How did he become that? Then you need to go back and read the scriptures where it tells you the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And it gets all the way down to Adam. And it says, and Adam was the son of God. So Adam was the son of God. He was the God of this earth. And what he did was, and, and we can't condemn him because we were all there, each one of us there as a cell, but we just don't know all this. But we was a cell in Adam and Eve. And what happened was when Adam wanted to, uh, well, Eve got tricked first. She was told she could be just like God, knowing good and evil. And then she deceived her husband, but it doesn't give you any more revelation about that. She deceived her husband, and his eyes was open, and all of a sudden they noticed they were naked. And then all of a sudden they seen things uh, into the future and stuff. They saw how they had messed up. But the thing was, it was too late, and we were all in there. But he was the God of this world. So his Godhood got taken and given to Satan. So Satan is the God of this world right now. And he'll be in charge for 6,000 years. That's why we have death. We have uh, murder, suicide, all these things that came in with Satan. And the things are going to continue on unless God uh, steps in and does something miraculous for us. But, see, he's not required to. That's the thing. He's not required to because we gave up our rights unto Satan, who is the God of this world now. So when a, a person dies, because the Bible tells you, and I told you, it always interprets itself. When a person dies, the Bible says, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. 
It didn't say Jesus came to do that. It didn't say God the Father came to do that. It didn't say the Holy Spirit came to do that. It says the God of this world, Satan, the devil. But Jesus said, I came to give you life. And you know, it's really funny for him just to say it one time, life. And then he said, and more abundantly. So that means he steps in and he does things, even though we don't deserve it. But if we'll call on the name of the Lord, he can have compassion and step in and do things to change things for us. So when somebody dies, somebody gets raped, somebody gets murdered, it ain't God's will. When a tornado comes in and they say, oh, the tornado came in and he killed the drug dealer down on the corner. Then the same corner on the other side, the preacher lives. And it was the devil that did it because he doesn't kill the preacher too. No, it was Satan in both of them. Jesus did not come to kill. He come to heal. He come to put together the brokenhearted. But let's look at how to walk in signs and wonders. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, son of God. Notice it makes it very clear, son of God. And it is written by the prophets. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. Now, this is the first sign, which is in Malachi 3 and 1. We're not going to go there. I just want you to know where to go look it up. Malachi 3 and 1. Then it says, here's another sign. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now, this is another prophecy that was in the, in the Malachi, talking about there would be one crying in the wilderness. And as we know now, that one was John the Baptist. And he came preaching and baptizing repentance for repentance of remission of sin. So in other words, here these are signs. But if you notice, he did no miracles. He was just a sign of what's getting ready to happen. He was a sign that's going to be uh, what we would say a wonder is getting ready to happen. And he was preparing us. The same as we're doing now. The true men and women of uh, men of God and women of God are getting the body prepared for Christ's spirit to start moving through us. And the anointing, that so not the first anointing where you got saved, but the second anointing that brings in signs and wonders. Now, you got to remember, you don't control the gift. The gift controls you. As Jesus uh, grew until he was 30-some years old, Jesus never performed a miracle that we have written anywhere in the scriptures. But as soon as the dove, which the anointing, came up unto him, that's when signs and wonders started happening. Let's keep on going here. It says in the fifth verse, And there went out through all the land of Judea and unto Jerusalem, and were baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, the reason they said the river Jordan, Jordan means before the judge. Dan means judge, before the judge, confessing their sins. Jesus told us, and, and uh, John the Baptist came, repent, 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 confess your sins, and have a change of mind. You know what is right. You know what is wrong. Do that which is right, and that will make you righteous. When you obey God, you do it to become righteous in him. It's not a gift. 
It's just a uh, a word that gets your mind changed. That's what it's all about, changing your mind. Romans 12 and 1, Brother, I beseech you by the mercy of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, which is holy, acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable, the beginning, reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, your mind is the battlefield. And when you start reading the scriptures and find out, hey, this is not talking to everybody. This is talking to me. Make it personal. It's me that God has written to. It's me that Jesus died for. It's me that he wants me to change. It's me that he wants me to go out and be witness to others. It's me. It's me. God loves me so much he has compassion on me. So once you start making it personal, then you can start making these other things personal, just like uh, signs and wonders like we're talking about now. But uh, Elijah said uh, it will not rain until I say so. He didn't say when God says so. He said it when I say so. And he shut up the heaven. Now, if that's not a sign and a wonder, I don't know what it is. And it says, keep on going here. It says, and John was clothed with camel hair and girded uh, of skin of, of, about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. Why is it so important to know that he had a girdle around his loins? Because if you remember what Paul preached, he said, having your loins girded about with the belt of truth. Everything is it's hidden in the, in the Bible. Everything is hidden, but it also explains itself. You just have to read and study and remember what you read so you compare scripture with scripture, precept with precept, proverbs with proverbs. And this thing, is, all of a sudden, it gives it new life and it gives you new life. Let's keep on going. I indeed baptize you with the eighth verse. I indeed baptize you with water, but he should. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, the anointing, the anointing. And it shall come to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway came out of the water. He saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descended on him. If you notice, he had never did no miracles, never did any fight with Satan until he was anointed. The anointing came upon him. The anointing will come upon you, but you've got to ask, seek, and knock. How do I know? Because as you look in Luke, I think it's the 11th chapter, you will find out it, it talks the same thing as it says in Matthew. But when you put the two scriptures together, there's more information. So when it comes down to the last part of Luke, it says, for those that want the Holy Ghost. This is the anointing that sets the, the the kingdom into action. In other words, you don't control the gift, but if you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and you speak what the Holy Spirit speaks, like a friend of mine, his name was Bishop uh, Jordan, he used to say, be a polyparrot. Polly want a cracker? That's what you're supposed to say, Polly want a cracker. If the Holy Spirit says, I will shut up the heavens until I say it, it's going to rain again, you just repeat what he says. It's not you doing it, but you're repeating what you hear the Holy Spirit says. So starting at the ninth verse, I mean, the uh, 11th verse, and there came a voice from heaven saying, This art my beloved son, and whom I am well pleased. Jesus, 
is a sign from heaven. People, when you understand that God talks to his son and you become born again, you start hearing him speak to you as sons and daughters. The more you increase this by studying the word and making it personal, making it personal, and then the more the Holy Spirit will speak to you, which is speaking from the Father, which will entrate your mind, which will move you up to another level where you can see something that another person read the same scripture and can't get nothing out of it. But you do because of the anointing, the second anointing. The first anointing makes you fall in love with God. That's the first thing. Second anointing is bringing signs and wonders. But most people never go past the first anointing. Because they say, well, I'm just anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. But what does anointing mean? That means you've been pulled out, separated, and the spirit is upon you. The spirit that comes upon your heart to give you love. That's why Jesus said, well, I know my disciples, because they will show love one to another. Well, I, I love Jesus, or I don't got burned out a little bit, but I still love it. Well, you, you got burned out a little bit. Get on fire again. What you need to do, first of all, judge yourself. Don't be judging others. Judge yourself to see if you're really in the faith. Second of all, show do you love one another? Do you show that you love one another? Do you go out and help people, or do you criticize people? Do you try to feed the hungry, or say they should get them a job? Criticizing. Now, I've been reading. Yes, Lord, let me keep going here. This is uh, the 12th chapter, I mean, 12th verse says, Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan. Remember I told you who's the God of this world? Satan is. And with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him. So for 40 days, he was out there in, in the wilderness to be tested. A lot of times people say, well, I'm born again, everything's supposed to be good, put on rose covered gases and everything. No. This is when the test begins. You say you love God, this is how you find out if you really love God. When you're being tempted and out there, with, you, you wonder where is the Lord when you need him and stuff, things are going bad, people have died in your family and stuff, you got to make up your mind. Either you love God and understand this is nothing but a trial, a testimony, as some people say, means you test and then you moan all the way through it. But you still obey. You still believe. You still set in your heart that Jesus is Lord. So here's Jesus going through the same temptation before we did. Then the 14th verse says, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What does it mean by preaching? It means to uh, tell people what you believe. That's the first thing. What do you believe? Well, what do I believe about the kingdom of God? First thing, I believe that the kingdom of God is real. I believe also that the kingdom of light, which is also called the kingdom of God, brings me understanding. That's why the Bible says, well, all you're getting Get an understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing, but understanding is the thing you need because if you got wisdom and understanding, it produces a baby called knowledge, knowing when to operate and when not to operate, knowing that God is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, 
versus when you can pray amiss and not get, not hear from God. Like a friend of mine, his name is Prophet uh, R.K. James. He'll say sometimes, you don't miss God. You don't miss God. So that's the thing. You want to quiet your spirit to where you can hear God. And so preaching of the gospel of the kingdom is to realize somebody's telling you what they believe. And you either accept it or reject it. When they say they have an atheist or agnostic, it's still the same two questions. Either you accept Jesus as who he says he is, you accept the gospel as it says it is, or you disregard it. And what happens most of the time when somebody says, I don't believe in God, they're really just saying, I don't want God in my life because he's going to give me some rules to live by, and I may not want to live by those rules. So anyway, we have the 15th verse, and it says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand or near. Repent and believe the gospel. In other words, believe what is being taught, that our God is the true God. And the way we know is signs and wonders. It said, now he was walking by the seaside and saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. Well, they were fishermen. And Jesus came to them and said, come you after me, and I will make you become fishermen of, uh, fishers of men. Straightway they forsake their net and follow him. And when he had gone a little farther, they saw James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, which also in the ship mending their nets. You know, the reason I'm reading the this, this scriptures to you, because most people never read the scriptures. They let the preacher get up there and preach one or two scriptures, and they say, amen, we're having a wonderful time. The Holy Ghost is here, and all, all, we had a wonderful time. We shouted. Well, the Bible says, yes, it's good to shout. But he said also, Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. When I go to a church, I'm looking for signs and wonders. I was at a church this last week down there in uh, Dallas, Texas. And it was a Baptist church. Not that I have anything against the Baptists because I was brought up a Baptist. But i never seen a sign or a wonder worked in the church. So anyway, I asked, I asked people to raise their hand. How many people have cast out demons? They looked at me like I was lost my mind. None of them. I mean, the church was packed. None of them had cast out a demon. The only ones that rose their hands was my family. Because once you learn the truth, once you understand that God is and what the word says and you believe it, you'll walk in that anointing. You'll walk in that power. So here's the second anointing, as I told you, signs and wonders. So I said, okay, anybody here that is sick? And six people raised their hands up. They were all in pain. Now, you got to remember, I ain't preached or anything yet. I'm just asking questions because the Holy Spirit was talking to me, and I was saying what I heard from the Holy Spirit. So when you see me or any other preacher that's really telling the truth, it's not them that's doing the miracle. It's not them who is uh, God's only person. Mm-mm. God can use anybody that he wants, and you don't have to be saved to be used. But the thing is, if I'm going to be used, I want to be saved. And that's what everybody's desire should be. So here they are casting their net. They walk away. They follow Jesus. And then here we are in uh, 21st verse. And they went to Copernica, and straight away on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue 
and taught. And they were amazed at his doctrine, for he taught them as one who has authority and not as a scribe. A lot of times people won't even look up these words to find out what does these things mean. You read that something, well, I believe, I think, I know. No, get out your lab, get your, go to the library or get out your dictionary or get out something, because the Internet is a good source, and start looking up what do these words mean. So in other words, Sabbath day, what does Sabbath mean? It means a day of rest. The Jews, they count on their calendar, they have six days, boom, 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 one, two, three, four, five, six, and then they stop. On the seventh day, it's called a day of rest or the Sabbath. God was the one who created rest. He is the one who created the Sabbath. And what he wants us to do, he wants us to re- re- relax and reflect upon the word of God. If you just stayed upon the word of God at least once a week and, and looked at and really studied that, your body would be charged for a whole six days because six days is how, how much we're supposed to work. But now we don't got into the, the aspect, oh, I believe we're supposed to have two days off. And some of them mean going for three days off. But let's get the word of God in there. Do it on when God says so. So first thing we looked up is the word Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. The second thing in there, he said he entered into the synagogue. Synagogue is another word for gathering place. That's why he said not uh, forget to assemble yourself as others have. Well, I can, I can study at home by myself. I don't need nobody else to help me study the word of God. Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So when you're with other believers, if you're wrong in your understanding, you've got two other people to help you to get back into the right understanding. Now, what does the gospel really say? What does the word really say? Jesus came with a fourfold ministry. He came teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. And in the healing... It talks about repairing the broken heart, and it also means to uh, heal the sick. So let's keep on going here. And it says, and they were astonished at his doctrine or at Jesus' teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as a scribe. A scribe is the one who walks around with the Bible in the hand. And, if, well, this is what the word says. They have no understanding what it says, but this is what the word says. And they keep on going, and it's the letter of the law, which is killing the understanding of the truth. The understanding is to realize, what does this say, and does the Bible interpret the same way I interpret? But if it doesn't, then my interpretation is wrong. But as you start understanding that uh, this is what I'm teaching you all now is how to get prepared for what the Holy Spirit is getting ready to do to the church. Everybody's not going to receive this second anointing. Everybody's not going to be able to walk in signs and wonders. But those that have prepared themselves will do great miracles. It's getting ready to come. It's already started. It ain't about to start. It's already started. I'm hearing about people already receiving miracles and stuff. Now let me get back to Dallas right quick. I said, uh, first of all, you want, you want to be uh, free for those pains and stuff in your body? We have to break curses. And they looked at me, what, is, what do you mean break curses and stuff? I said, I don't have time to explain it, but I will show you signs and wonders. I said, second thing you got to do is break strongholds. And they said, okay, whatever you say, let's see. So I taught them how to do, break curses. I taught them how to break strongholds. And as soon as we said the stronghold is broken, 
I asked how many people were still in pain. Out of all six of them, only one person had their hand up, and they were still in pain. And I said, now, this, that was a sign. Now, here's the rest of the wonder. You didn't get healed? I want you to reach back there and grab that pain, like you're grabbing some kind of animal, and hold it over your head. And I want you to pray to Jesus to heal you. So that way they get their eyes off of me. She held it up in the air, and she said, Jesus, will you heal me? And I said, now open your hand. As soon as she opened up her hand, her back was instantly healed. The church caught on fire then because of signs and wonders. Miracles happen because of signs and wonders. If Jesus said that you shall be healed, then that's, that's the beginning. And when you receive it, you give him thanks. But you know you didn't heal yourself. You know the doctors didn't do the healing, even though they, they claim to be gods or goddesses, the ones that know the truth will tell you, no, the body heals itself, but they don't know why it heals itself. Why? It's because the spirit of God is ruling in those bodies, and it's the spirit of God that does the healing. It's the spirit of God that pulls you and drags you sometimes because you don't, you're lazy. People are lazy. Not everybody, but I know for myself I was lazy. had to be pulled and dragged to where I learned at night, where I stand to see where the scripture says and believe what the scripture says. So now, as I get the word in me, I'm getting the authority in me, and I ain't one who just carried the Bible. And some of the people got dust on their Bible, and I'm not criticizing y'all much, much, but get the dust off your Bible and start reading it. The 23rd, it says, and there were in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, leave us alone. What did we have to do with thee? Thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now look what it says. This going right back there. First of all, the word synagogue means a gathering place. Well, here these people are gathered, which is in the building, and they separate this building and call it holy ground. And here was this man who was in there. He'd been coming for a while with an unclean spirit, an evil spirit. And the spirit cried out, why? It didn't say because it was church time. It didn't say that the pastor or the rabbi came in then. It said after Jesus had came in. And when Jesus came in, the same thing with you. This is about to happen. That's why I'm trying to warn people to get ready for this. The anointing on you is going to make demons mad. You're going to under- you won't understand at first why people are talking at you and just all of a sudden they want to cuss you out. You don't know why. That is the reason. You got the second the, the second anointing, which is rises and comes on you according to how God wants you to operate. This one lady, she got prayed for, and she went into an elevator, and as soon as she got into the elevator, everybody on the, in the elevator passed out from being because of the anointing that was on her. She couldn't even go into an office without people all falling out under the power of God. I hear people always talking, you pushing people, you pushing people. I, I, I was on TV. And I pointed at a lady clear across the room, and the power of God hit her, and down she went, two of them at the same time. The anointing is real. Jesus is real. Satan is real. The power of darkness is real. But the power of light is stronger than the power of darkness. If you take a flashlight and shine it into darkness, the darkness will leave. Light overcomes darkness. Understanding overcomes ignorance. 
when my, when the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge, it's telling you, listen, get the understanding, then move and operate in faith. You know, well, I'll do it if I can see it first. No, you got to believe it first, and then you will see it. You got to operate not by sight, but by faith. One of the things that I teach our people all the time, feed your faith, stars your doubt. Feed your faith, stars your doubt. I learned that from Lester Summerall when he was alive. And because of that, I would move forth in the spirit and realize, hey, this is not me. It's the spirit of God doing this. So here it is. He walks in. The demon screams out. People say, what? We ain't supposed to talk to demons. Jesus did. And it's more than one time he talked to him, but he only writes, as the book of John says, everything couldn't be written in the Bible. There wouldn't be enough room to say. But he gives us examples, uh, shadows, signs and shadows and stuff of what we can do if we're in him. That's why greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. That's why it says if we submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, he will flee from you. A lot of people are not resisting the devil. They'll try to quote scriptures and say, devil, the Bible says you're supposed to leave me alone. Don't be a victim. Be a victor. When you talk to the devil, you talk to him and look, devil, I'm about to beat you down. I'm about to kick you out because the Holy Spirit is in me. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. It says if I do what the word says by putting the word in me, I'm submitting to God. Now, I can resist the devil. And when I speak, he didn't say it runs from God. He says it runs from you. It runs from you. So you've got to build up that knowledge that, hey, God's getting ready to use me. God's getting ready to pour his spirit out on me. All I have to do is get myself prepared by putting the scriptures in me. And some of the good scriptures to put in you, all the book of Proverbs, all the book of Psalms, all the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm telling y'all, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. I'm giving you a chance to write that down. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Psalms. You start reading those things. Maybe you're not understanding that the Bible says to uh, meditate upon the word day and night. That day means when you understand. Night means when you don't understand. But it, it still gets in you. The more it gets in you, God has something to use. You're like a computer. Nothing in, nothing out. Compu- uh, message in, message out. So you get, want to walk in these signs and wonders? I'm telling you how to do it right now. Is by putting the word in you, get stronger in the word, and put on the whole armor of God. That's something we'll talk about a little bit later. So that is very important. So let's get back to walking in, in signs and wonders. But this is a sign and a wonder to the church. Here this man comes up there, and out of his mouth comes that word, what do we have to do with thee? Thou son, thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? Yes, he did. He said, the scripture says, he came to destroy the work of the devil. Now, if there's only one Holy Spirit, and he's working in all of us, what is his job? The anointing so that we will destroy the work of the devil. If you're scared, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, the fearful and the unbelieving will have their part in the lake that burns forever. And all 
liars. And well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? That doesn't seem like much. Hey, I didn't write the book. The Holy Spirit did. It says the fearful and the timid, unbelievable, unbelieving. You will have your part in the lake of fire. So why don't you train now? Get be strong. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Tricks. That's what the word wiles means, tricks of the devil. You're supposed to come out as a fighter. That's why I said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let you know people are not your problem, but against principalities, powers, wicked rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. We are supposed to be like championship fighters, practicing, doing ready for the fight, getting ourselves prepared. But when the fight comes, we know what to do. But if you don't know what to do, you'll perish, lack of knowledge. So realize who you are. You are a book. And the word of God is put in the book which is in you. That's why it says, I've had the word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Put the book in your heart. Put the book in your mind so that you will have these things when you need it. And then when it says, that part, we're still in 24, art thou come to destroy us? Yes, we came to destroy you. I know who you are. I'm glad you know who we are. We're the sons of God, the holy ones of God. That's who we are. And as we start to study and start realizing who we are, we'll take back the land. The land has been stolen. The land was stolen from Adam and Eve, and it belongs to Satan, but we're coming back to get it. And at the end of 6,000 years, Jesus is coming for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. He's coming back to control this world. And we're supposed to be getting this world ready for him. That's why when we read that first thing, Behold, I send my messenger before thy faith, that just prepare the way. We are the messengers. We're the angels that are supposed to be sent forth. Not angels that in power and might and all that, but angels as we're supposed to give the message out. And the message is our Lord is coming to take, care, take this world over again, and we're here to fight to make sure that this is going to happen. Then it says in the 25th verse, it says, And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold us, peace, come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, shook him, put him on the ground, I've seen a lot of deliverances, and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. So in other words, don't be scared when you see somebody falling on his Lord, or they're vomiting, or they're screaming and stuff. That's just part of the cleansing area. Because the devil don't want to get out. He's not a quitter. And that's why a lot of times we've been missing a lot of other things because we are list- we're listening to the uh, world speak instead of listening to what God has said. Make us powerful in the power of his might and, in, and, in the, and by putting on the knowledge of what he's trying to teach us. Now, let's keep on going here. It says, they were all amazed in so much, the 27th verse, that they were quiet among themselves. They questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey. So in other words, we've got to be no doubt. Feed your faith, of your doubt. I don't know if it's going to work if I pray. I, I need somebody else to help me pray. Listen, believe, first of all, that he's in you, and the anointing is on you, and you speak what the Holy Spirit says in you, and don't be a quitter. Don't be one who sits back and says, well, I'm scared to say anything. But no, you speak for it, and you let the Spirit know 
that, hey, I am with the Lord, and the Lord is with me. He is my rock, my high tower, my hiding place, my dwelling place. He's my shield. He's my buckler. All these things. Repeat to, your, repeat to yourself so you can get stronger. Even if you have to look in the mirror every day because you want to walk in these signs and wonders. All right? It says the uh, 28th verse, and immediately his fame went abroad throughout all the region of Galilee and went forth. And when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon, and Simon's name was, uh, his other name was Peter, at the house of Peter, and Andrew, his, and James and John. But Peter's wife laid sick of a fever, and they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered or served them. This is walking in signs and wonders. The first time the Lord had me to do that, a lady told me she had a sore throat. And I said, where's your sore throat? And she showed me. And all I did was take my hand and move it past there. Didn't touch her. Instantly, she got healed. Uh, My kid had a fever. I believe what the Bible said. He said he grabbed his hand, her hand, and lifted her up. I grabbed his hand, and when I lifted up, the fever broke. You can do these things. You can do these things if the Holy Spirit is on you. And the, the gifts are being poured out every day, every second. There's not a, a second that the gifts ain't being poured out. I'm telling you, get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Forget about, oh, money cometh, money cometh. Hey, the Spirit of God is coming. That's what you need. That will change things in your household. Like this man was riding in, in his car with his friend. And all of a sudden, for no reason at all, his friend's head turned toward him and told him, I'm the devil. And he thought he was playing. But no, it was really the devil in the car with him. Almost made him wreck the car. The reason I found out, and that's when he started looking for an exorcist. And that's what I do. I am an exorcist. And so, you know, son that I have. So as, uh, as God is getting you prepared, you get yourself prepared. This is two things. He's doing his part. We do our part. He does his part. We do our part. The more we do this, the stronger we become. And when the, when the opportunity comes and the demon's in your face, you won't be running away, but you'll be there with uh, the word of God in you, being able to move him and cast him out. Then it says, uh, 30 seconds, and at evening, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased. Now look at this. All that was diseased and them that were possessed with devils. Disease and devils are two different things. Disease makes you sick. It diseases you. It brings uh, discomfort to you. But possession will have you doing things that you would normally not do. I, I have this lady that I'm dealing with now. She stabbed her a friend several times and didn't even remember it. One lady wanted to jump off a bridge and she didn't know why because her house was in order. I mean, her family was good, her husband was good, her church service attendance was good, but as soon as she got past, got toward this bridge, she told her husband to pull over and she jumped out of the car and ran to jump off the bridge and he had to jump and catch her. That's because people can be possessed and it's not your fault. It could be generational. They said, well, I don't believe in generational curses. 
Well, you tell you show me you casting out demons, then maybe I can listen to you. But if you ain't cast out any, you ain't got nothing to tell me. I'm sorry. I want the truth, and the truth is what the word says, not what you believe or what you think or what some other preacher done told you. So anyway, disease and possession are two different things. And all the city was gathered together at the door. We had 33rd verse. And he healed as many that were sick of dire diseases. You see, they make a big difference between uh, that were sick with dire diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning he rose up a great while before day and he went out and departed into a solitary or a lonely place in their prayer. Prayer is the most important thing for walking in signs and wonders. Other people praying for you is most important. They call them intercessory prayers. So here's your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your friend, your cousin. Somebody's interceding for you. So don't ever think, oh, I'm, I'm all this because look at God's power walking through me. It's somebody else is praying for you. Always honor the ones that honored you to pray for you. Intercede for them as they intercede for you. And as you start to doing this, the stronger you become because you'll humble yourself before God instead of being proud. And you'll have to sometimes break yourself off into a private place. Sometimes uh, I used to go to a hotel room and just study the word of God so I can get away from everybody. Or I'd go to the public library and find a corner in the library where I could study. Let me talk about signs and wonders there. What happened was I asked the Lord as I was in the library, and I said, Lord, what is it that you use? What word did you use so people's hearing would come back? All of a sudden, this man come walking up to me with the most bluish eyes I've ever seen, liquid blue. And he was dressed in jeans, had golden-looking hair. He didn't look at nobody in the library, didn't talk to nobody in the library, walked straight up to me, and he said, the word is Ephesus. And you'll find it in the Bible, in the book of Mark. He smiled at me and walked on out of there. Signs and wonders follow those that study the word. Signs and wonders, if you're willing to believe. Now, if I wasn't willing to believe that God can open up ears because I read it in the Bible somewhere, then why would I pray that prayer? Because that's the gift I want. But I found out since I've been in here 37 years now, the gifts don't operate because you want them to operate. It operates on the compassion of God operating through you. You have nothing to joy about except God loves you, and he put his word in you. His son is in you, which is the word. And the more you learn about the word, the more you will become more powerful, and signs and wonders will follow you. The Bible, I told you, always interprets itself. So let's keep on going here. Then it says, on 37, it says, and when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seeketh for thee. In other words, when people realize their signs and wonders, they'll look you up. They'll find you. And he said unto them, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. In other words, he said, I just can't give everything to one city. But Jesus went out among the people. Just like it said, started in his hometown. He went out until all the world, the, the word went. 
But Jesus didn't go into all the world. The word went out into all the world. Our job is to put the word out there. What is the word? That God loves us and that he wants to operate in us and take back the kingdom that was stolen. We're here to destroy, to mangle, to beat down any evil spirit if we understand who we are, what the word says, and we don't control the gift. And he said, uh, start at the 39th, and he preached in the synagogue throughout all of Galilee. Remember what synagogue means, a gathering place, and cast out devils. If you notice, every time you look up, he's casting out devils. And there's churches now preaching, oh, God don't cast out devils no more. Well, he should, because all you do is look at some of the people in your family, and you tell me they ain't demon-possessed. Why do you think Uncle so-and-so killed somebody? And his brother killed somebody. And then grandpa before them killed somebody. These are generational curses. And if the church ain't doing its part, the devil is doing his part, he's multiplying. He's multiplying and gaining ground. Where job is to smash him down, put him under our feet, according to the first scripture that's in, uh, probably is in the Bible, uh, Genesis 3 and 15. You need to look that up and see what does that say. That's the first prophecy in the Bible. And then it says, for the first, and there came a leopard unto him, beseeching him, kneeling down, said to him, saying unto him, if thou will, thou can make me clean. Remember, I had the lady to pray to Jesus, so that way she didn't look at me as Jesus, but the word is Jesus, and that he is right there, and he's willing to do whatever he, he wants to do. But if you don't get healed, Jesus did it. If you get healed, Jesus did it. Either way, it's Jesus. So don't try to beat yourself up. Well, I didn't get a miracle. I didn't get this. I didn't get. Maybe it's not your time or your season. That's why I told you you have to learn those three books: Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Psalms. But he came up to me and he said, "If I will, thou can make me clean." And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, "I will." And you notice he didn't say, "Maybe you'll be healed. Maybe you'll be clean." No, he said, "Be thou clean. Speak it with confidence." Think it as a general in the army that everybody else is going to have to obey you. And that's what you're doing to the spirit realm. If they get healed, Jesus did it. If he don't get healed, Jesus did it. But you did your part. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was clean. And he straightway charged him and went forth, sending him away, and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the cleaning that these things which Moses commanded, which is a testimony unto them. In other words, he said, don't go telling everybody, because I'm trying to tell you, the more people know about you, the more they're going to come at you. And believe me, you're also going to invite the devil after you. But see, if you, if you do what's right, that's what righteousness means, to do what is right, you have more power. The angels will be around you, according to Psalms 91, there's another scriptures where uh, the angels will deliver you. You've got to learn those things so you can speak them. When things happen, don't look back and say, oh, I wish the Lord would help me. Oh, Lord, why didn't you? He already did. He gave us a weapon. And that's Ephesians, and we'll look that up later. But there's some more things I want to talk about, walking in signs and wonders. So it says, uh, Uh, 45th, and he went out and began to publish it much 
and blaze abroad a matter in so much that Jesus couldn't no more openly enter into the city, but was without in the desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. You know, a lot of people call me up because, I, as I told you, I am an exorcist. I'm with Bob Larson Ministries. We do so many uh, uh, appointments that uh, I can't even count them all. But see, the thing is, they're supposed to come to where you're at. Well, they don't have to come to Bob Larson. They don't have to come to me. If the people of God will get themselves ready, they will come to them. They will find you because of the anointing. That's the second anointing. I tell you, first anointing is for your heart, for you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first anointing. The second anointing is for signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. All right. Let's go to chapter two because I got two hours. So I want to try to feed you as much as I can. As I tell people all the time, the word is good. The word is kind. The word will bring things into your life that you can't do it on your own, but God did it. All right? And it says, chapter 2, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was not a notice or reported that he was in the house. Isn't it good that God be in the house? That's what I wanted. That's why I keep praying in my house. And anything that's not of God, Hey, I pray it would get on out of here. So straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. In other words, he preached the gospel. He, there's, some, there's another level of anointing, but I'm not going to talk about that today. There's another level of anointing, the two levels that we're at now. Uh, I forgot to give you all the telephone number where you can call in. This is a question and answer story. I hope I didn't pass so fast. So will you give it to them again, uh, Dorothy? The number to call in is 646-595-4784. That's 646-595-4784. Okay. Do you have any questions so far? I don't have any questions. And and if you do have a question, when you call and press the number one to let me know you want to talk to Pastor James, because if not, I'm just going to have to assume that you're just calling in to listen, because that is another way to listen. Um. I like the the two anointings. I never really realized that. I mean, I've lived it, but I never realized it. Isn't it strange how you can do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so the two things I'm picking up so far, personally, which is cool mm-hmm. idea, and feed your faith, right? Amen. That's right. So. As you feed your faith, you'll be able to step out on your faith when Father is asking you to do something. Mm-hmm. But so. if you don't have the word in you, you don't have nothing to have faith in. That's why I give people Proverbs, Psalms, and Ecclesiastics. The faith is in what the word says, and Jesus is the word. 
That's why it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But there's some secrets about that. That's uh, the third anointing I have not explained yet. Because most people don't get past the first anointing, let alone get to the second anointing or the third anointing. thing is, you've got the first one. You need not nobody to tell you that God doesn't exist because as soon as you get born with that first anointing, you know God's real. You know there's a heaven. You know there's a hell. It's just uh, the the feeling that you feel. I don't know about others, but as I said, I cried and cried and cried. Did not realize when I read the book of uh, uh, the prophet, what is it, Ezekiel, where he saw the Lord high and lifted up and, and cried, and, you know, who who's going to send? Send me. So the thing is, when you get in the presence of God, you're going to feel something. You can be in a dead church, and God can touch you, and you will feel something. But the stronger you are in Christ, the more you will see the miracles. That's why it says in the second, we're in Mark 2, 2, Mark 2, 2, straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much about the door. He preached the word. He keeps going back to the word. The word is important. They And they, the third verse, came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Born of four. In other words, there were four people carrying this man on a litter. And they and it said, the fourth verse, it says, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, in other words, they couldn't get near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where, where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed within, within, wherein the sick of the palsy lay. In other words, you want something from God? Get violent. Get violent. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violence taken by force. In other words, when I'm confronting the devil, I am not confronting him in my own power. I'm not confronting him according to my knowledge. I'm not confronting him according to my word. I'm confronting him according to the word I read in the scriptures. I'm using the scriptures. I believe the scriptures of work. I believe that, if you, like you said, if you submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. I believe it. And so then not only do you believe it, but you got to receive it. You can believe it in your mind and doubt it in your mind at the same time. That's why that man says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. You can be double-minded. That's what the book of James said. But he's trying to tell you, be single-minded. Believe it. Well, nothing happened. I believed and didn't, I didn't get healed. So, but keep on believing it. It may not be your time or your season. God might want you to do it somewhere else that he can get the glory for it. I've known people that are sick for 10, 20 years, and all of a sudden at the end of 20 years, they had a meeting or something. I've been sick for 20 years, and all of a sudden the Lord healed me. This one guy came into a, a meeting with Smith Wigglesworth, and Smith asked him, what do you want? He said, my feet to be grown back because they've been amputated. He didn't say, well, I don't know if I can believe for that or not. He said, you, know, you go out and buy you some pair of shoes. He didn't pray over me. He said, go out and buy you a pair of shoes. So the man went into the shoe shop. He gets there, and the, the clerk was helping. He said, what do you want? He said, I want a pair of shoes. He said, what size? He said, I never thought of it. He said, I'd like to be 10 and a half. 
He said, you're going to take him with you, give him to somebody? He said, no, I'm going to wear him out of here. Now, you know that man didn't believe him. But he believed what the word says. He said his faith and not his doubt. Put the shoes on the floor. He took his nubs and stuff in there, and both of them grew in. Well, do you believe that? I'm going to yes. I've seen people's legs that were shorter. That's why they were walking with a limp or having those big old heels on their shoes so they could walk. I saw when you were praying for them that the leg came out to be even where they didn't need those shoes anymore. Uh, I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open. You name it, I've seen it. Scoliosis healed, cancer healed, uh, HIV healed. Why? Because it's not us that do the healing. It's Jesus. But if you get people's faith to climb on up, they can receive it if it's their time and season. Let's keep on going here then. This is the fifth verse. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, in other words, God believes and he gives you faith or trust to believe his word, and you believe it and operate on it, things will happen. So Jesus saw their faith, and he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, sick of the palsy, in other words, he was paralyzed. He couldn't move. That's why they had to carry him. But there was a certain of the scribes, that's those people that carried the Bibles, sitting there, which a lot of them are in the church today, reasoning in their heart or in their mind, what does this man what does this man thus speak? Blasphemous. Who can forgive sins but God only? There's a uh, back in the Old Testament, they told they made it clear that nobody can forgive sin except God. God only. That's why they, they use that scripture on it. Because the Jews, one thing about the Jews, they know their scriptures. They may not believe in the New Testament, but they know the old scriptures. They know all their the prophets and they know all the writings. And they will use those things to live on. That's why I said, it gives you life. Moses said, now I want you to choose either life or death, and I tell you, choose life. Understand the scriptures, and that's what they were using. We got not only the old, but we got all the new with us. And immediately, the eighth verse, it says, and immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit, they uh, reasoned in themselves, as I said, unto them, why reason these things in your heart or in your mind? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, arise, take up thy bed, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man, didn't even call himself the Son of God, he's trying to tell us, we have these powers, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up your bed, because you're paralyzed, and go thy way unto thy house. And immediately, not yesterday, but immediately, he rose up, took up the bed, and went his forth uh, uh, before them all, insomuch that they are all amazed, signs, wonders, and glorified God, saying, we never saw this in this fashion. Remember I told you about the Baptist church I was at? When that when everybody got healed, they, they had never seen that before. Is it because uh, I, I know I'm a great apostle or something like that? No. It's I'm obedient. I was in pain. If y'all have ever seen me, I, I'm in pain and stuff most of the time. But I don't mind the pain as long as I see people healed and delivered. I don't mind the pain if I see somebody get saved. 
I don't mind the pain that I've been through because every great man or woman of God been through something. I don't know if you up, they, they always tell you on TV, but yeah, every great ministry of healing, they've been sick themselves. Great uh, bounce back from depression, they have had depression themselves. Or saying like myself, I tried to kill myself when I was 19 years old. I was married too young and thought I was getting back at my wife by killing myself. I'm so glad I didn't, was not able to succeed because I would have been in hell. Now I'm on my way to glory. And it's a step-by-step process. Everything is a step-by-step process. Just just because you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ don't mean you're going to be saved unless you walk in the, the light as he's in the light. Give up your sin. Repent. Don't look at the sin the same way. Be heart-wrenching, repenting. And God will give you light or understanding how not to fall back in that same trap. Because everybody's going to fall in some kind of trap. That's if you think you never will. All right, that never happened to me. I never do that. You're opening the door for Satan and say, I got a legal right to attack, to attack him. You want to try to keep all the legal rights away from you as possible so that when it's, it's anything that's happening, you can say, this is just a test, and it ain't nothing that I uh, occurred. So let's go to the 13th floor. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multiples, multiples resorted unto him, and he taught them. The reason I stumbled at that, because the Bible always repeats itself. It always repeats itself. It could be a different uh, synopsis or different things that's happening, but if you look and read and study, it gets back to the same thing. God's word says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. He means about himself and everything else. If you say you know God and you're a prophet or a prophetess and you tell me, I don't need nobody to judge my prophets. If I say it, then it's God going to do it. No. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians that, every, you know, let, uh, let it be done by two or three prophets that they can stand there and judge to see if it's really of God. So I'm trying to tell you, most people, when they want to prophesy, they want to prophesy somewhere else where nobody else can hear them. So that way when the prophecy doesn't come to pass, well, I don't know God said, but I don't know what happened. You must have did something wrong. No. It's because you didn't want yours to be judged because God probably didn't say that, but you said it out of your heart. People will get you married to people that ain't your wife or your husband, saying, the Lord talked to me and he told me this is, this is the one you're supposed to marry. Well, then bring it by two or three witnesses and prove it to me. See, that's what I'm saying. You better believe the Bible. It's better to believe man, to believe that man is wrong and God is right. Okay? Let's keep on going here. Uh, 13th verse. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitudes resorted unto him. And he taught, he taught them. Teaching is the most important thing when you're trying to learn. Don't just listen to preaching. You need teaching, 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 so that you will understand what you're learning. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Althea, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. In other words, what uh, this man Levi was, he was a tax collector. And he was a crook. (laughs) 
What do I mean by a crook? Not only was he accepting the taxes that he's supposed to collect, but he's collecting more than what he's supposed to collect and putting the rest of it in his pocket. But here God can use even a thief. He can use a liar. He can use you. He can use me. And we can change from what we are and change and follow him. The 15th verse says, it came to pass, it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. And there were many that followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with the publicans and sinners, they said unto the disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with publicans and sinners? Now, here's the thing. A lot of people will judge you by the company you keep. Well, you know, if you're out there drinking and smoking and all, doing all this, listen, you don't have to drink. You don't have to smoke. You can still win souls. I used to go into bars, and all I did was sit down near somebody. I didn't even know them. And just say, can I talk to you? Yeah. I said, when's the last time you've been to church? I can't remember when. Oh, I don't go to church. I said, okay. And that was it. That was it. And people get thinking, man, I'm glad you asked me. I think I'm going to go to church this week. I, I haven't been to church, and I don't know when. That was my job, drop seed, plant seed, and let somebody else water it. I ain't got to be the great soul winner. All I have to do is do my part. And that's the same thing with you, because you're getting ready to walk in signs and wonders where you'll be able to walk in this bar and say, oh, man, I got a terrible headache. Oh, it hurts so bad. Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, I don't know much about it. You got, a, you got a good opportunity to talk at least three minutes with him about Jesus. And say, now watch this. I'm going to ask Jesus to heal you. And signs and wonders, boom, you get healed. That person get healed. Now, you think they ain't willing to listen to word more about Jesus? I'm telling you, you get yourself prepared because this is going to happen. This is uh, the 15th verse, go to the 16th. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating, oh, that's where we get down a little bit farther, the 17th verse. And when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that be whole need no physician, don't need no doctor, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, those that's doing what's right, but the sinners to repentance. Remember I told you, just drop a word. Sometimes you can walk past the person. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. And they'll think about it. God bless you. I haven't said that in a long time. And our world right now is more and hungry for that. There was a man getting ready to kill himself. And another man just walked up to him for no reason at all. He said, the Lord told me to tell you that he loves you. And he had made a comment. Lord, I'm getting ready to kill myself unless you can tell me that you love me. And here this man came. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. You don't have to know everything. All you do is have the scriptures in it and move by the Spirit. As the Spirit draws you, miracles will happen with you. Signs and wonders will happen with you. Then it says, the disciples, uh, this 18th verse, and the disciples of John says to the Pharisees, used to fast, that they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus answered to them, Can a man and can the children of the bridegroom fast when the bridegroom is with them? As long as he's with the bridegroom, they will not fast. 
But the days will come when the dragon shall be taken away from them, and they shall fast in those days. No man sews a piece of new cloth to an old garment, yet, yet, or the new people filled up, taken away from the old, and the rent is made worse. In other words, you got to get yourself ready. If you just think, all I do is say, I believe in God, and that's it, you're not going to get yourself ready, and you're going to be worse shape because you're going to see everybody else walking in signs and wonders, and you're not, want, you're not doing it. I'm trying to tell you, get yourself full of the word. Come overflowing. Just like now, you know, all these scriptures I be uh, talking about and stuff, a lot of people think, oh, I got these all books in front of my face. No. These things come from years of studying. They pour out of me. That's why sometimes I have to stop. And people say, do you have the whole Bible memorized? I said, I wish I did. If I do, I don't know. <laughs> it's the Spirit of God that operates. Nothing in, nothing out. Something in, something out. Let's go to the 20, uh, 22nd. And no man puts new wine into old bottles, yet still that the new wine does bust the bottle and the wine is spilled. And the bottle will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. In other words, start changing your way of thinking. Well, my family believes this. There's no such thing as devils. My family don't believe in healing. Look, you're the new generation. Change your mind. Believe the gospel. Believe that these things, well, my pastor's 80 years old. He said that there's no such thing as demons. It's just mental illness and stuff. I came from the field of uh, medicine. My field, I was with mental health. And I was believing the same thing they were saying. But now, 37 years later, oh, I know demons are real. I've seen demons that they can move people's bodies. They levitate them. I've seen demons that control the weather. So you can't say it's a mental thing. How can you control the weather? It's mental. I'm telling you, this stuff is real, and it's getting ready to be even worse because the book of Daniel says that the wicked will draw wickeder, but those that know their God will do great exploits. In other words, greater miracles at this time. And it says, in the end times, that knowledge will increase, running to and fro. They as you can see what's happening on the earth, there's things in the spiritual realm that's happening. We're getting more knowledge, supernatural knowledge, hidden knowledge that we can move in if we're willing to believe, if we'll put our, our old teaching on the shelf and say, let me get a new mind of Christ. I need the new anointing. Look, my anointing right now is, and admit it, my anointing right now is good for I know God exists and that he loves me and I love him. But I want more. For those that want more, you've got to, to realize you've got to surrender more. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Yes, the 23rd verse, it said, It came to pass that when he went through the cornfield on the Sabbath day, what is the Sabbath day on the day of rest, and his disciples began and and they went to pluck the ears of corn. The Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do you do that on the Sabbath, which is not lawful? In other words, you're not, you're supposed, you're not supposed to pick up food and stuff on the Sabbath day. Foods already should be prepared to where you can eat. But they're walking through the field because they've been 
ministering and stuff. They didn't have to have to get no food. They're hungry. And the Pharisees didn't look at, well, yes, they're doing a great work, no muzzles, the ox, we need to feed him. But all they could look at, well, the letter of the law says this. A lot of times, people, you better find out what the letter of the law say versus what it is it really say. You get the understanding. So the 25th verse, he said, under them. Have you never read what David did when he needed? He was hungry, and he and they that was with him, he went into the house of God in the days of Abias, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for priests, and gave also to them what was with him. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord on the Sabbath. In other words, he said, listen, these laws were not put against you. They're there to help you. When it says, thou should not cover thy neighbors uh, anything, his wife, his, his house, his car, it's because why do you want to start a fight? Why do you want to do something that's wrong? Would you want them to do that to you? No. Why lust after somebody else's product? God can bless you too. In other words, be satisfied in what you got. If you're abounding, be grateful that you're abounding. If you're in the low level, be glad that you're in the low level because that makes you even appreciate even more when you get things. I'm telling you, if you were broke all your life and all of a sudden you become a millionaire, you won't forget the poor. You will help them because you know where you came from. All right. Does anybody have any questions or do you have any, uh, Dorothy? No, I'm just just lapping up all this great teaching. It's just wonderful. It's um very edifying. And it's picking Amen. up on a lot of things that I've taken for granted, you know, that I've learned along the way, and then you just take it for granted. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Well, as you know, so. as you know, it's about Jesus' ministry, all about signs and wonders. It's all about what does the word say? And what did Jesus come to do? And he, we're supposed to follow him. Now, right now, I want to turn over to Ephesians 6 and 10, because I want people to be prepared for this new anointing, this, the second anointing, and then there's a third anointing. But the main thing is, first of all, let's walk in the first, walk in love. So I want to go to Ephesians 6 and 10. We have to walk in love. So if you have anything, anything against anybody, forgive them. You just don't know what they did to me. They raped me. I know you have a right to be angry. The Bible doesn't say you can't be angry. It says be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, don't go to bed thinking about this over and over again and everything else. But what you try to do is you get those persons, if you can, to repent and tell them, I forgive you. That ain't an easy thing to do. But look what they did to Jesus. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know now what they do. A lot of times you're looking at the people, but you're not looking at the spirit that operates behind them. People can become, and I know they say, well, I don't believe in that, possessed. Yes, people can come be possessed. Now, if you're born again in your you're born again in your spirit, not your body, 
and not your soul. It's your spirit man. The true man is born again. And I've been doing deliverance about 37 years. I remember one time I asked this demon, I said, where are you? He said, I'm in her soul. I'm in her body. I said, why are you in her spirit? He said, Jesus lives there. We can't go there. So let let you know, we have power, but we got to feed our power. We got to feed our faith. We got to starve our doubt and then make us stronger in the Lord, in the power of his mouth. So let's go to Ephesians 6 and 10. Give you a little time to turn over there, 6 and 10. And it starts off with this. Now, pay attention, really close attention to what they're saying. Finally, in other words, this is it. This is the whole, whole enchiladas, as some people say. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, don't be a victim. Be a victor. If you know Jesus is living in you, why move around as a servant when you belong to the king's house? That don't mean go out, oh, I claim all this cause, I claim all this thing like this. That's selfish. You're looking out for you. Let's look out for somebody that you can help. My brother, be strong in the Lord. Who is the Lord? He is the word. Be strong in the word. Let the word be in you. And the power of his might. Believe that his word will work. Put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand against the tricks or the wiles of the devil. The whole armor. Didn't say put on part of it. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, I've heard people say they have visions of God, and he's been there, and they should, when, if you don't put on the whole armor of God, the angels come down, and they don't have their whole armor. That sure sounds nice, but that ain't what the Bible teaches. They say we're made a little lower than the angels. So that means they still come here with their full power, and they operate upon the word of God. That's what the Bible teaches. A lot of times people want to take uh, well, this person had a vision of this, and the person had a vision. Does it line up with the scriptures? And I don't mean just to use scriptures. Does it line up with the scriptures? Do we give an understanding as to what the scriptures says? Stop accepting a lot of these people's prophecies. It says, well, the Lord showed me this, and the Lord, Lord who? I want to know who which Lord showed you. I want to see the Lord that, of the Bible. He is the one who said he is the word. I believe the word. So anyways, it says, Put on the whole armor that we'll be able to stand. That means there's going to be times that all you can do is just stand because all of a sudden the devil's going to hit you from every direction. Wife died, son died, uh, friends died, friends are sick, you're sick. I can't get healed. Seems like everything's going wrong. But you stay in the power of the Holy One of Israel, his might, by the whole armor of God that you may, it didn't say you will may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But as long as you keep your mind stayed upon the Lord, he will keep you in perfect peace. For it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, we move in signs and wonders. Why, why ain't he look at everything that went wrong for him? Look at him. He ain't crying. He's smiling. Look at all the things that happened to her. She ain't crying, but she's smiling because she's enduring to the end. We walk to where miracles happen around us. This person is so sick, can't hardly move, but yet still he can pray for people. She's so sick, her head is splitting from the headache she got 
but she can still pray for people and people get healed. I mean, not little bitty headaches and stuff. I'm talking about curvature of the spine. I'm talking about scoliosis. I'm talking about lupus. I'm talking about cancer. If you're willing to believe there is a time and a season, and your time and season is going to come, then you will search. You will search without stopping for your healing. So in other words, the Bible tells us, ask, seek, and knock. Ask means you speak, you talk, you pray, you have other people praying for you. Seeking, if I hear there's a true prophet or a prophetess, true prophet or prophetess, I will go seek them out. And really, I'll be looking to make sure there's like two or three of them with them. So that way they can prophesy and that they can judge. And see, is it really from the Holy Spirit? So then, as I do that, and I got on the fire of God, the armor of God, then other people will come toward me for help. And then you will send them to other people who will join in the, into the army, and they'll be able to help somebody. God wants to cover this earth with his word more than we want him to do it. He wants every man and every woman to walk in the supernatural, but we ain't prepared. I remember when Moses said, Lord, there's so many people that I got to talk to and everything. And his father-in-law said, well, what's the on the spirit off of you to put him on there? And Moses went to talk to God and he said, that sounds pretty good. I'm going to give it to 70 of them. Took some of the spirit. Didn't take all. Take some of the spirit and put it on the others. And they all prophesied. That don't mean they were proclaiming the future. They were able to speak things into existence. I declare and I receive. The rock shall give up water. I declare, I receive, the weather will change to where it blesses the people. There were 70 of them able to do that. Can you imagine today finding 70 prophets around you or prophetess that prophesying the truth instead of prophesying a lie? Oh, you're going to get more honey, going to get more money. You're going to get this, you're going to get that. Listen, get out of the flesh and get into the spirit. Well, it says in 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against wicked rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, people are not the problem. Principalities are like, uh, you ever heard of this demon named Jezebel? (laughs) She's rampant in the church, and they don't always be in a woman. It can be in men, too. You have uh, Baphomet. You have so many different demons and devils and powers and rulers in this thing that we need to be able to fight back. And he's given us this if we're willing to train, if we're willing to be obedient, if we're willing to receive. So it says, the 14th verse, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. Remember, all lives will have their part in the lake of fire. So practice telling the truth. Even if it hurts you, tell the truth, unless it costs somebody else's life. You know, like uh, when the Jews were trying to run away from the Germans, the other people laughed and said, no, there ain't nobody in here. Well, you're saving a life. You're doing something that's good. Having the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, take the shield of faith where you shall be able to quench all, not some, all the fiery darts of the wicked. There are such things as fiery darts. And this lady, she was in a uh, 
uh, a detention place, and this lady came in, and she saw the darts in this lady's hand. And on the darts, it had written there, anger, frustration, depression, lust. And she would take it and actually throw it in people, and it would tickle. And they, you know, might feel a little pain. Oh, that hurt. What happened? Don't realize that these darts are coming into them because they don't have the shield of faith. The shield of faith will quench those darts. In other words, I believe when I speak the shield of faith to come around me, the shield of faith comes around me. When I speak the gospel of preparation of peace, I believe the peace is on me and it goes ahead of me. When I say I turn on the have my lungs jersey about with truth, that means I practice telling the truth every day. In other words, sometimes I miss it. Somebody said, where you at? Well, I'm right here at 25th and Myrtle. I might be at 26th and Myrtle. And it's, well, I'm at 25th and I don't see you. Well, now I got caught in a lie. Okay, I'm at 26th and Myrtle. Oh, I see you. Yeah, right there at 26th and Myrtle. So I practice these things. It ain't because I have to, but I want to. I want to do everything that's going to bring fame and enjoyment to my God. Where my God, look at, look at my son. Look at my daughter. They try to be like me. Truth. And that's what you try to do. And the devil hates the truth. And if you keep telling the devil, here's the truth. You're going to end up in the lake of fire that burns forever. They don't want to hear that. I was doing a deliverance once before. And I asked the demon, I said, what did you do during the crucifixion? He said, man, we in hell had a party. We knew this person was causing us trouble. But uh, we knew he was only human. And we finally got him. We got him on that cross. And, wow, man, we had a wonderful time. Then we caught it, got him down to hell. We knew that we had him then. And he said, we was having a wonderful time down there. I said, well, what happened when he was the resurrection? He said, we don't want to talk about that. I said, what happened? I don't talk about that. That's because on the third day, according to the scripture, God's father spoke to his son and said, this is my beloved son, come forth. And then Psalms 24 came to open, where they opened up the gate, and the king of glory shall come in. And if you notice, it said if they had known that he was the king of glory, they never would have crucified him. We're the hidden ones here. We're the ones that have uh, hidden treasures. We're the ones that are supposed to go around witnessing those, those people that don't want to believe it, that don't like you, but don't beat them in the head with the Bible. Either they get saved or they don't get saved. I was studying uh, some other books that we have that used to be in the Bible. All you do is go into the, uh, what they call the uh, forefathers, the ones who first started the church. There were other scriptures in our Bible that were taken out. And one of the scriptures were, out of one out of 10,000 people will be saved. One out of 10,000. Why do you think Jesus said the road is broad that leads to destruction? He was quoting that scripture. Only a few is going to make it in. Why? Because they were willing to submit themselves unto God. You've got to be willing to sacrifice everything. But I need to go out to the club every once in a while. I need to uh, do this. I need to do that. God knows I'm only human. Listen, God said, I want you to be like me. He said, be a follower of me as I am a follower of Christ that was Paul. And Jesus said, follow me, for I am meek and lowly. Now, that's two times it's in there, to follow him, be like him. He said, I'm coming back at church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. He means it. But there's thousands 
thousands upon thousands, millions upon millions, who don't want to believe it. So you, as a person, take it personally and strive to make sure you enter in. Get yourself in. Well, if I win so many souls, then that'll get me in. No, that ain't going to get you in. You'll say, you'll say I, I did many miracles in your name. I did all these works in your name. You say, I never knew you. I never knew you. I don't care about everybody else. I want to be known of him. I want him to be smiling at me and not frowning at me. So that's why I'm teaching you how to walk, getting prepared. I ain't telling you how to walk. I'm telling you how to get prepared for this thing that's getting ready to happen so that you are not just doing it in vain, but you'll be doing it because the Lord really cares for you. That you submit yourself, your will to God, and that he loves you and he wants to do everything good for you. But don't be looking all the time for your reward to be here, but your reward's going to be in heaven. And when we come back, that's another thing I teach about, the, uh, the different earths and stuff, that you'll be able to walk and live, not just walk, but live in signs and wonders. But let's keep on going here. This is the 17th verse. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In other words, it interprets itself. It says the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Study the scriptures, use the scriptures, teach the scriptures, breathe the scriptures, live the scriptures, and be a part of you. And after that, your family will look at you and start saying, well, they ain't changed. Maybe I need to find out what, why they're so happy when they go through problems and stuff. We're going through the same thing, but yet still, they're still smiling and look like things are getting better for them. Why? Because of the gospel. Because of the gospel. The gospel tells us to repent. And it says, follow Jesus. Let's keep on going here. It says, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit. Watching unto there with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In other words, don't be just praying for yourself, pray for others. And when it says, with all prayer and supplication. In other words, learn those scriptures I was trying to tell you. Like uh, Psalms 82, where it says, God judges among the gods. That's one of the most powerful scriptures in there. God judges among the gods. That means I'm getting God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is in, into this thing. The devil thinks he's going to whoop me. I step back behind behind Jesus. He's my elder brother. He, he, as I say, you got to make it personal. I know you want to get want to save people. If you listen to this broadcast, it must be a reason. You want people to be saved, but first of all. Make sure you're confident when you fight the devil because he's going to be in your face. You want the devil to flee from you. When you start saying, the word says that by his, Jesus' stripes, this person is healed. I speak, be healed. By his stripes, the word says, I am healed. I am healed. Oh, but I'm still feeling pain in my body. doesn't matter. The word says, I am healed. So I exercise my faith. I walk, I might still fall down. I walk, I still might be hurting. But I'm just waiting. The word says there's a time and a season. So I'm waiting for my time and season. Give me another example. I can give examples. I've been in this state 37 years. My knees were bone on bone. And if anybody ever had bone on bone, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, everything hurts. Your knees, you can't hardly even move. 
I went to a revival after being retained for seven years and praying for the sick and people being getting healed. And this preacher named Ted Shuttlesworth said, I see you and Jesus is out there healing your needs. Well, I didn't get the chance to say, I claim it. I didn't get nothing. He said, you come up on this platform. I came up on that platform. My knees were still hurting me. My body was saying, thank God I'm getting, I'm healed. And my knees were saying, you ain't healed. I climbed up on top of that thing, and he told me to raise my leg up, put it down, raise my leg up, put it down. He said, take off running. I took off running, and my knees ain't hurt me since, and that was over seven years ago. I'm trying to tell you, the work, if you'll work the word, the word will work for you. So in other words, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It, as I say, you make sure you pray not only for yourself, but for others. And then realize who you are. You're an ambassador. In, for Christ. That means it's still like you go out to another nation, your Christ is in you, the hope of glory, the hope that people will get saved because you have learned the word and you're working in signs and wonders. Do you have any questions now, uh, Dorothy? I do have one, and it might be a little off topic, um, no, on healing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I've been trying for healing for quite some time on several issues, and I've had several issues healed. Mm-hmm. So, so the thing is, you're supposed to keep pressing in for the healing, and because, and, you know, you get a lot of people who say, oh, you're just faithless. You don't have enough faith to get healed. That's your problem. You're just not a believer, which mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. But, but what is the... Um, What's the word for that? What What is the reasoning behind sometimes just not getting healed? Okay. The reason is the Bible says there's time and season. It may not have manifested yet, but as soon as you said it, the word was sent from heaven. To give you an example, Daniel. Daniel had prayed for 21 days to get an answer about his thesis. And when Gabriel showed up, he said, listen, from the time you got yourself ready, God had already sent me down here to give you the answer. But I was detained or had to fight with the prince of Persia. And as I was fighting those times, and you remember, Daniel was still praying. That's why I said prayer is the most important thing. He was still praying. And finally, Michael got involved so he could get in to give him the answer. And as I said, there's certain times of sin, like that man that was blind that Jesus healed. They said, who did sin, his mother or his, or his family, or did he? He said, neither one. This was done for the glory of God. And yet, see, all this time he's been, uh, all this doesn't happen to him until now. So there is a time and a season. Never give up. Never give up. Just cause, and people who go around saying, oh, you just don't have enough faith and stuff. Well, I challenged one person. I said, okay, you say I don't have enough faith, then you're supposed to have enough faith. Pray for me and let me get healed. After a while, and if, they, if I don't get healed, then I'm going to blame you for not getting healed. They started learning. It's God that does the healing. It's not us. And you can't force God to do anything. He does what he wants to do at the time he wants to do things. That's why I tell people, learn the scriptures. Learn the scriptures. And a lot of times, People don't get healed 
because they got secret sin in their life. And it may not be theirs. It might be their generation. Like uh, great-great-great-great-great-grandmother was an Eastern star. Or great-great-great-grandfather was a, uh, uh, a Shriner. They don't know what those people teach us. And they don't put a curse on their family. And until you break curses or break strongholds, those things can have a hold on you. And as I say, this, the whole world is under Satan's control. And this is nothing but a battlefield. So our job is to battle back. And that's why I say use the scriptures. That's one of the good ones that I like is Psalms 149 because it talks about our weapons. See, we need weapons. And if we don't know how to use the weapons, how are we going to win? So let's turn to Psalms 149. It says, Praise the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and praise, praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. What does the word Israel mean? It means one who wrestles with God. Sometimes you got to wrestle with God to get a miracle. He doesn't get mad. <laughs> but sometimes you have to know the scriptures. You have to give him his scriptures, and God will give you uh, his scriptures back, and you keep using the scriptures until you get your desire. But let's go ahead and keep on saying. It says, let those that wrestle rejoice in him and that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let their praise let them praise his name or his authority in the dance. Oh, sometimes I'm in so much pain, I can't dance because I can't do nothing but wiggle my arms. <laughs> hey, I'm praising God. Let them sing praises unto him with a timbrel and a harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. If he takes pleasure in us, that means he knows who we are. And when it's our time, we're going to be set free even if they had to wait till the last second. But I don't see so many miracles on myself. As I know that God has a time and a season. I'm legally blind in my right eye, but the Lord restored my vision. I have back problems. Every six months I was in the hospital, had to be pulled, pulled my back, my spine. The Lord healed that, and that was 35 years ago, and I ain't had no trouble out of my back since. Um, let me see. As I say, there's so many miracles that I have received, but it didn't happen overnight. Some of them did happen overnight. That's what I'm saying. There's a time and a season, so don't let nobody tell you, oh, you don't have enough faith, because if they can't pray for you and you get healed, then they don't have enough faith either. Your job is to believe what the Word says. Then it says, let the, uh, the fifth verse says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beings. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. The word hand in Hebrew means thought. The word of God, which is a two-edged sword in your thoughts, and speak it. Right now, do you have pain in your body now? Yes. I, I've been having a great deal of trouble with sciatica. Well, I, I can't it. even stand up for a couple of minutes. Okay. Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to send ministering angels to my sister here, Dorothy. She's been going through pain. I ask the angels to touch her right now. I call in 
uh, Archangel Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, and Uriel, the presence of God. I ask you to reach there and touch her, healing her body. Satan, I come into the spiritual realm, and I take the sword of the spirit. I cut off all the heads of the Nephilim. I hold them up as a trophy to the Most High God. I turn the body to shaft according to Psalms uh, 1, and which the, uh, as it turns to shaft, the Holy Spirit blows it away. I loosen the anointing through the phone right now to break yokes. For this reason was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. He also came to heal the broken parts. He came to heal. Jesus came to heal. And he is to heal right now. He's for the sun that I high. Through the glory of his word, his word goes forth and it will not come back. Boy, it will accomplish what he says. It's going to accomplish. Right now, where's your pain? It's in my lower back. Is it getting any but better? It's, it's less. Cause it, it is somewhat it's better, less. yes. Okay. Now I want to take your hand and put it right there where the pain is. And I want you to hold it over your head. Just like you're pulling out of Adam. I know you're just acting it out, but holding it over your head in your right hand. Okay, you got it up there? I got it up there. Okay. Now I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, you are my healer. You are my healer. And the word says, and the word says, that you love me very much. That you love me very much. And I'm asking you right now, do it with confidence. I'm asking you right now. And I'm asking you right now, take this pain from me. Take this pain from me. Now open your hand. Where's your pain? Where's your pain? It's not there. I don't hear you. It's not there. Give the Lord a hand clap. I'm telling you, I'm the real deal. Jesus is a healer, and he answers prayer. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you use the scriptures, believe what you say, then the power of God will go through what you just said. So, yeah, I'm glad for God to do a miracle over there so that way people can see and hear for themselves. Were you shocked? Yes. Is that unbelief when you... That's called signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. To execute judgment upon the heathen and punish upon the people... In other words, the Satan's children to bind their kings with chains and nobles with feathers of iron to execute judgment upon, as is written, this honor is given to all his saints. Praise you, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When you clap your hands, you bring in your angels. That's why I tell people to clap in your hands. It's like your fingerprints. Nobody's got your fingerprints. Nobody's got your volume. When you clap your hands, God's angel says, fine to you, hears it. And then they go straight up to Jesus and say, somebody's praising you. And the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people, and Jesus gets involved. So as I told you, it's time and, time and season. And you never know when it's going to be. Just keep on believing. So you go tell your friends what Jesus did to you. <laughs> Right. Any more questions or any comments? 
No. There is someone in the queue, but I think they're just listening. They haven't pressed one yet, so oh, okay. I guess they don't have a question either. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm glad that you invited me on the program. I'm glad to be over here. I'm getting ready to leave town in a couple of weeks. I'm heading down to Florida. The first stop is going to be in Atlanta. And uh, after I leave there, then I'm going to Florida. Now, let me give just a little more testimony about what Jesus did. I was down there in Atlanta. That's how I got invited back. And my first time in this pastor's church, and he said, uh, uh, before you preach, you pray for our, our elders in the church. I said, yes. And so they got up. I told them to get in a little circle. And they got them into a little circle. And as soon as they got into the circle, I said, y'all better get somebody to catch these folks. And all seven of them got slayed at the same time. They hit the floor. So then I turned to the congregation. I said, well, here's all your leaders on the floor. I might as well minister to y'all. After which uh, I had them, they wanted uh, miracles. And I said, there's just too many people for me to pray for. I can't do all this. I said, Jesus has to come in and answer these prayers. So I said, I asked the Lord what to do. He told me, walk out of the pulpit. I walked out. Everybody got up out of their seats. I said, uh, Lord, what am I supposed to do next? He said, walk toward the wall. I started walking toward the wall. I got to the wall, and I said, what to do next? He said, tell everybody to touch you. I said, all y'all people touch me at the same time. And they was reaching over trying to touch me, And then, but as they touched the other people, the whole church except one person was slain in the spirit. It was only one person standing, and that was my cousin. That's because she had went to the bathroom. When she came out, she said, what happened? So I'm trying to tell you, the power of God is real. The thing is, you've got to have confidence. Starve your doubt. Feed your faith. The word will work if you work the word. So let's see. You'll have another ten minutes. Anybody has a call in? Anybody wants ask any question? Anybody want to see a, another miracle? And to you, right there, while you were listening over the radio, so that way you can't say I hypnotized somebody. <laughs> but it's the power <laughs> of God. It's the power of God himself. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, um, I'll do a little bit more here, and then we'll be ready to go. But as I said, the main thing is use your scriptures. One of the things is like in Psalms 82, this really gets God involved into your situation, and he wants to be involved. He wants to be involved. It says, Psalms 82 and 1, it says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? In other words, he's talking to those people that supposedly are looking over us. They're the ones that supposedly praying. Those are the ones that should be uh, studying the word. But most of them, all they want to do, I need money. Uh, if you don't send money in, the, the church is going to close. Uh, if you don't send money in, the people are going to starve. Listen, the Bible says we're supposed to look out for one another, and then after that we'll have money or other stuff to help other people. But if I ain't got money to pay my light bill, and I'm giving you my light bill money, and you're giving it to somebody else to pay their light bill, that ain't helping me. Oh, you got to have faith. Well, pastor, you have faith. Pay them and pay me too at the same time. See, I, I, I thoroughly believe in what the word says. It says God judges, he judges. It says the third verse, he defends the poor and the fatherless, does justice to the afflicted and to the needy. 
delivers the poor and needy and rids them out of the hands of the wicked. So in other words, God is the one who sets us out by us speaking his word, sets the demon out of our body. He's the one that makes the demon run. But you got to speak it. If you don't speak it, it ain't going. So if you speak it with confidence, with confidence that that God is going to do this or God is doing this and believe it, you shall receive it. They know not, sisters, they know not, neither do they understand. They walk in darkness. And I told y'all earlier, darkness means confusion. All the foundations of the earth are out, out of course. I said, this is what God said to this, you are God's. And these are the people that are supposed to be over us to help us and stuff. They're God's by, if you notice, it's the little G, ain't the big G. And all of you, the children of the most high, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Or who is the princess? They said the prince of this world is uh, the devil and stuff. They have their own kingdoms and stuff, and they're the ones that are attacking them. But you remember what I told you about 149? We with our two-edged swords and praising God, because as I told you, God inhabits the praises of his people. Us with our two-edged sword and believing that these things are going to happen, and believing, no matter if I don't feel it, believing it's going to happen, believing and not quitting, believing that God is, he is a reward of them that diligently seek him, don't give up. One of the things that my mother prayed for me when I was overseas and my uncle and my relatives and stuff when we were in the war zone was Psalms 91. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If I don't know anything but that, that means God's got me covered. God's got what I need. I went into a car accident. The car started to slide. I was on my way off the mountain. And before the car went off the mountain, it stopped. I was in snow and ice. Was able to get out of the car. They had to get a tow truck to get it in. And I looked how far off the mountain I was going to go off. But God had me under him. This other preacher was driving his car, got to a bridge that had ice on it, and the truck was coming through. There was no room for them to pass each other, getting ready to hit each other. All of a sudden, he said, Jesus, the bridge expanded. He went right past the truck, didn't hit the truck, and as soon as he got past, the the bridge came back to its original shape. We serve a supernatural God. The devil's job is to keep us confused and make us believe that he ain't supernatural or that he don't believe that he doesn't love us, that he doesn't care for us. But the Bible says he does. And when we claim that we love him and speak it, not just believe it in my mind, I got to speak these things. In fact, as David is one of the greatest writers of all times, and that's why God said he was a man after my own heart, if we'll read Psalms 18, and we get to Psalms 18 and 1. See, this is why he said that David was after my own heart. David wrote to God. You can sit down and write messages to God and speak it. Don't just write it. Speak it. And here's one of the things that says, Psalms 18 and 1. And this is one of the things that we use to walk in signs and wonders to get rid of the demon of mockery. Because sometimes you'll be in the church service, and all of a sudden you, you're not doing it, but somebody else is mocking the preacher, everything he said, or just doing weird things while the preacher is preaching. That's a spirit called mockery. And this scripture here 
can beat up Mockley. It can beat up uh, uh, Joker. Joker is a spirit. It is a real spirit, and it has power. And it can also build up Loki, which, which you see in these movies and stuff. These things are real. Well, I don't believe it. doesn't matter. Uh, it's still real. So let's look at Psalms 18. And it says this. I will love thee, O Lord. And then he said, my strength. So in other words, he's letting you know, hey, he's not just the, uh, a God to me. He's my strength. I have to trust him. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, and my God, and my strength, in whom I will trust, my my uh, buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower, high tower. If you notice, he made it personal. That's what I'm trying to tell you people out there. You have to make it personal. Don't look at it that oh, this is a good book to read, or God's way out on the other side of the universe. No, he's closer to you than your own breath. That's why you're hearing this broadcast. I'm trying to tell you, make it personal. Then it says, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Who's your enemy? God's enemies. Anything that's God's enemy is your enemy. And if he's God's enemy, God's going to do so. If you're willing to, to, to call upon him as your personal savior, my deliverer, my strength, my God, and then let him know, hey, I trust you. Trust is another word for faith. Faith means trust. I trust you. So anyway, I'm going to let y'all go until the next time. I'll be back in two weeks at this same station. I want to thank you again, uh, Dorothy, for inviting me. I want to pray for the people, for those that are sick out there. If you're reaching Tesla Radio right now, as you reach there, touch it in faith. I ask the Lord of our fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of Jesus Christ, to reach there and send the presence of uh, Uriel, that's an angel, the presence of God. That's what Moses said, I would not go up without your presence. I send the presence of Uriel. I also send the angel uh, Raphael, that's the angel that came down and stirred the water once a year, and whoever stepped in first was healed, but you don't have to do it now because Jesus is healing. I loosen the anointing to destroy yokes on people right now. Check for your pain in your body. See where your pain is going now. And demand, in the mighty name of Jesus, pain, leave me. Pain, leave. Don't come back. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healer. And I receive healing from Jesus Christ. So until next week, amen. So so until uh, two weeks from now, may God bless you and keep you in his face shine up on you and give you peace. All right, Dorothy. Well, thank you. I I really enjoyed that teaching, and I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And, And Father, bless you all, and you have a blessed rest of the night, Pastor Jane. All right. You too. And, and, and I would like to be careful people. of that hurricane. Yay. <laughs> now, the people that's out there, I'd like for y'all to contact us if you would. Let us know that you're listening. So, have a blessed day, and I'll talk to y'all later. God bless. Father bless.